Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Healthy and Tone Radio with your host, Darren Batman McDuck. And now, prepare to get fat. Hey, 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 what's cracking? Welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. I'm your host, Darren Fatman McDuffie, and tonight we are going to have a great episode. Um, I was reminded of this because I saw a documentary a long time ago, maybe about two or three years ago, called The Disappearing Male. I think it's still free to watch on Vimeo. And they were talking about estrogen, xenoestrogens, which is what we'll be talking about tonight and how you can kind of educate yourself on really what's going on. But if you get a chance, go and watch that documentary and kind of combine that along with the podcast that I'll be having tonight with Ori Hoffmeckler regarding his book, The Anti-Estrogenic Diet. But before we get into the podcast or the show, just want to remind you of uh, last week or two weeks ago, rather, we didn't have any shows last week, and I'm going to apologize for that. I, I went to South Carolina uh, due to a death in my family. My godmother actually passed away um, very suddenly. No one even expected it. And uh, I got behind on scheduling. So um, August is going to be kind of patchy, so to speak, with the scheduling. And in September, hopefully we'll get back on the two shows uh, per week. So excuse me for that. And just enjoy these shows in August because there are some good shows that we have coming up, starting with the one tonight. And then we'll have a detox show on Wednesday. Um, 21 day detox, uh, which will should be another great show. But just want to remind you of two weeks ago, I did um, a pharmaceutical week and I uh, got a chance to speak with two individuals, Gwen Olson, um, who has a book called the, the, prescri- uh, the prescri- Con- Confession, sorry, of a Prescription Rx Drug Pusher. And then Gerald Rolitz, um, who has a book called The Pharmaceutical Myth. So I kind of got a chance to speak with them about what I used to do. Um, I used to be a pharmaceutical rep and just got to talk to them and kind of share my experiences along with their experiences. So those were some great shows. If you get a chance, go back to to listen to those. And again, it's uh, Confessions of an Rx Drug Pusher and The Pharmaceutical Myth with Gerald Rowlett. So hopefully you'll enjoy those shows. So let's get on tonight with the show. Let me read uh, Ori's bio. Hopefully I'll be able to talk because it seems like I'm stuttering over my words tonight, but that always happens when I'm off the air for a week. It just seems like I need to get back in the groove. But let me go ahead and see if I can read his bio. Ori Hoffmeckler is a modern Renaissance man whose formative military experience prompted a life interest in survival science. A graduate of the Benzial Academy of Art and Hebrew University in Jerusalem, where he received the degree in human science. He's a world-renowned artist whose public political satire has been featured in books and magazines worldwide. 
As editor-in-chief of Mind and Muscle Power magazine, Hoffmeckler introduced his diet approach to the public to immediate acclaim from readers and professionals. His bestseller, Warrior Diet Book, was first published in 2002, followed by a new revised edition published by North Atlantic Books in 2007. In 2005, Hoffmeckler authored the highly acclaimed Maximum Muscle Minimum Fat, The Secret Science Behind Physical Transformation, followed by second edition in 2007. Hoffmeckler's 2006 book, The Anti-Estrogenic Diet, offers natural dietary, dietary strategies against hormonal disrupting chemicals in our food and environment, and that's what we'll be speaking about tonight. Ori Hoffmeckler, welcome to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. How are you? Uh, very good. A pleasure to meet with you. Pleasure to have you on, man. I um, heard you speak on a show a number of years ago, and... Um, remembered you and I said I, I need to reach out to this guy because I don't know if you were listening uh, in the intro I was just saying that I watched a, a documentary about I think it was maybe two or three years ago on the it's called the disappearing male and in that in that documentary they, they were talking about xenoestrogens and estrogens and the things that are in our environment or in our food and uh, I saw that you had a book on that so I wanted to invite you on but welcome to the show tonight in, in any event my pleasure, my pleasure. And Thank you for being. I missed the introduction, so I apologize. I came a bit late. I just came back. So, where was this uh, documentary? I actually caught it on Vimeo. Um, it's uh, you can watch it for free, and I remember it being mentioned on um, something that I was listening to. This was again two or three years ago, and someone had mentioned it. And I said, "Well, I need to check that out." And uh, but it's 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 actually for free and it's on Vimeo. If anybody wants out there who's listening who wants to watch the documentary, I would encourage you to watch the documentary. Also combine that with the show that Ori and I are going to be uh, doing tonight. But Ori, um, give us a little bit of your background. It seems like you have an interesting background. You are obviously not uh, didn't grow up here in the states and you came from somewhere else. But give us a little bit about your background. Well, I came from, I was born in Israel. I came here in the 80s. Um, mm -hmm. After the army, I developed personal interest in survival science, uh, simply because I was experiencing things that made me interested in that. But as time go by, went by, I have a degree in human sciences. I learned, let's put it like this, I learned things with passion, not just because I wanted to have a degree. And the more I got into that, the more interested I became. I'm also a person who follows what I write. Currently I'm writing a book which probably go fine beyond everything that I wrote before. It's called The Stress Principle. Where it going to ideas that uh, may seem like science fiction, but I will try to prove that it's not science fiction. It's fact. It's the truth of life. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do believe that people can double the lifespan. I believe that we can improve the quality of life. And I truly believe we can eliminate obesity, diabetes, and other metabolic syndrome-related disease. It's all come down to very simple principle that anyone can do today. 
yes, we live in a world full of chemicals, and we need to recognize that. But we also live in a world that train us bad habits, habits that are killing us. Mm-hmm. And I hate to talk on us, but I'm relating to the society that we live on. People just, in general, and on the past few hundred years, maybe more so, lost survival priorities. There is no survival awareness at all. I mean, people are much more interested in the bank account and social status than the very capacity or chance to live and enjoy life. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying that I can go to the details. So you wanted to talk about the anti-estrogenic diet. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm ready to address questions. But that's my background. I'm a guy who is passionate about survival in today's world. I believe that there is no survival awareness today. The vast majority of people don't know what they're doing wrong, and they don't even know what they're doing right. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody teaches us survival in school. And I'm not talking about survival military. I'm talking about survival in urban or, or modern environment. Um, but nature... Nature has its own rules, and nature does not care about bank accounts and social status. What you see is what you get. And let me tell you something. Um, It's interesting, I'm writing now about the relationship between food stress, being alpha male or alpha female, and survivability. There is an amazing connection between all these factors. Um, we just don't read it right. Have we read it right? Life will be very different. Um, I will come in a second to the anti-estrogenic diet, but there was a research that was done several years ago that shows that the research was done on different species, but particularly monkeys. I believe it was chimpanzees, apes. It is shown that alpha, male and female, are much healthier than the beta. And um, it seems like that nature compensates being alpha with multiply benefits. The alpha male and female are linear, and they live longer. That's very notable. Mm-hmm. The beta develop syndrome very similar to our population. Um, central obesity, that means belly fat, a tendency for metabolic syndrome. And you would, and I, and I can go on and on, but you would ask yourself, why does it happen? Why is it that the followers are unhealthy and less healthy than the leaders? And... Um, of these animal species. And the reason is simply frustration, lack of freedom, being the number two, being told what to do, being doing things against your will, and most of it, loss of control. Loss of control over your destiny and life. Lead apes, and I believe human too, these evidence, to the biggest epidemic that we are facing today. So where's the compensation? What can be done? Where the typical things that our society educate people 
is to reach the reward syndrome by eating palatable food, wrong food. That basically work on you exactly like a drug. In fact, sugar binds to the same receptors as crack cocaine. So we are living in a society that is very addictive mm-hmm. to food, alcohol, and drug. And nobody can really point exactly what to do, etc. So I'm ready to answer your question about the chemicals because the chemicals that we have in our environment is part of it. Chemicals make things cheap. Some of mm-hmm. them, actually, people even develop a palatability for that. Mm-hmm. You know, many people like artificial sweetener and stuff like this, which actually cause also obesity. But I guess yeah. I'm talking too much on my monologue, so I'm waiting for your question. <laughs> uh, that's okay. That's okay. It's it's, it's good stuff. Um, one thing that grabbed me at the beginning of the book, and it, it, I think you and I share kind of a similar philosophy, because um, I noticed that once I changed my diet back in, and I had been an athlete most of my life, and I suddenly just started gaining weight. But my diet mainly consisted of a lot of fast food. But once I made the commitment to really change my diet, I noticed that I could pretty much eat anything I I wanted without really gaining weight. And and meaning that in a sense that if it was organic, if it was, you know, something grass fed or something to that nature, that I could pretty much eat as much as I wanted to and I never gained weight. And matter of fact, I stepped on a scale about a week ago and noticed that I lost five pounds, but I'm not training doing a bunch of strength training like I usually do. I'm doing more calisthenics and not a lot of heavy weight lifting. So I lost five pounds, which rather easily, and I wouldn't have known. But I guess my question is, is that, is this something that we can do? Is it something that we can, anyone can do? Anyone can eat anything they, they want to within reason. I want to say within reason. And Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there was a recent study on mice that showed Again, the whole idea of stress is very confusing. That's one of the reasons why I'm writing my book. I mean, people generally think that stress is a bad thing. Uh, but there's growing evidence that stress is essential for our life. That's why exercise is so beneficial for you. And so is fasting. We are programmed for stress and not the other way. Lack of stress actually shutters our chance to even live long. But coming to your question, there was a recent study that was done on mice. And, among, and it was written actually by it's a review about stress and obesity and how stress caused people to overeat. But what they found is very interesting. I did not agree with the review, but I, I found the, the references very interesting. A recent study on mice show that when you feed them the regular chow, which is not really palatable, when you put them under stress, the mice lose weight. However, when you give them an access to palatable food, like equivalent to junk food, sugary and stuff, all the mice gain weight. So, something is very important. Without coming to the analyzing of the whole stress and the reward system, which could be maybe some other time we can talk, it's very interesting. You can see that we have two kind of reward system. One, which is inherent to us. We basically can regulate a very healthy response to stress that and accommodate our reward system in a healthy way that keep us healthy and thriving if we 
ingest food that we are evolved, that we have evolved food. Food that our body has been programmed for in the past few hundred thousands of years. Mm-hmm. If we do that right, there's no way we can gain weight. Because we yeah. are basically tapping in a very primal program that did not encourage us to gain unnecessary weight. Being obese in primordial time, if if there was any case of obesity at that time, could be a devastating blow to your chance to survive. Not just being obese, in my opinion, extremely overweight. I believe that the typical bodybuilder of today could not have survived natural selection. That's another mm. subject. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah. The point is, what you did probably in your change, and I don't know the details, you probably went down on the food chain, uh, went down from the junk uh, and aggressive food to a more reasonable primal food, and you cannot go wrong. But there's mm-hmm. another step that you can do. You can now also adapt the right feeding cycle to which we evolved. We evolved to eat less frequently than we are eating now. Every mm-hmm. evidence has shown on the past decade, 10 years, that humans did not evolve to eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, power lunch, etc. We are not frequent videos, and uh, there is a reason why. Yeah, I've I been eating. Yes. Go ahead. So I was. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to tell you that. It's not a monologue. Okay. Yeah, I um really adopted eating twice a day for like I've been doing this for six or seven years, and my body has just adapted to that, and I feel really good with that. Um. I guess at some point, we, I want to get you back. I know you have another book called The Warrior Diet, and we probably need to get you back on and discuss that. But let's get into to a little bit into the just talking about the estrogen. And um, I wanted to ask you, do you think that um, this whole estrogen and xenoestrogens and, and everything that we're encountering in our environment today is is by design? Yes, I believe that... Well, you know, my opinion is not that important, but if you ask me, yes, I do believe. I think that um, in the way that I mentioned, I don't think it just happened now. When when people try to dominate a crowd, the way it happened already in the Roman Empire, you feed slaves like animals in order to be submissive, because when you overeat, you become sluggish and more submissive. Later on, there was... So slaves were different fed differently than the free people. It ain't worth, if you can, to starve slaves, but actually you overfeed them in order to make them submissive. It was clearly part of the Roman, uh, the ancient Roman regulation of how to control slaves. It's interesting. Later on during the Industrial Revolution, it was clear that it's good to feed people several times a day again food is energy, they thought they could keep them energetic, but they also it's also cheap way of triggering again the reward system and make people submissive. But the truth is the truth is that in biology things are very different. Now how do chemicals play here? This is another way 
to regulate the cost-effective and cheap food to the crowd that actually have the longer shelf life. GMO is another aspect. And, and, and you can now feed crowding less money and make much more profit. Uh, the cost of it is cheaper. The shelf life is longer. And the profit are much higher, sometimes 100% higher. So if you ask me, is this a way to control people? Yes, it is. All you need is to tell people to either hide them the truth or tell them on the benefit of having something that have longer shelf life. But in the end of the day, this chemical, which we never evolved to, get to our body, mess with our system, mess with critical enzymes that regulate our hormones and neurotransmitters. And now we become slave. We basically manipulate us in a way that we never been manipulated before. But here's the but here's the point. The vast majority of these chemicals, the vast majority uh, mimic the hormone estrogen. We mm-hmm. live today in a world that become increasingly feminized by chemicals and by food that mimic estrogen. There was always compounded mimic estrogen. Xenoestrogen did exist, or phytoestrogen. Since primordial time, there was nothing wrong about this because there were also testosterone-boosting elements. You can still see testosterone-boosting element in bee pollen. I wrote about it in my book, and a lot of seeds and nuts. Anything that mimic male seeds or semen or pollen, you can find testosterone, or it's supposed to be pine pollen is full of it, celery seeds, uh, kind of radishes. You, you know, there are people, until recently, people could recognize between a male fruit and a, and a female fruit, male watermelon and a female. It, 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 you, you, have, you have testosterone boosting, perhaps, element in the seeds of many fruit that are now become seedless. So we are not only getting more estrogenic chemical, we are losing the testosterone balancing nutrient that we had before. Mm-hmm. Let you, alone you met- what you get in the meat and the milk of regular. A male pig today carry in his muscle more, tetos- more estrogen, sorry, more estrogen mm-hmm. than a female cow. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because uh, as in getting into the book and doing the research for the show, you mentioned that most of our animal food is female. Explain, and I guess you kind of really explain that, but go into a little bit more depth than that. Um, with you're saying that a male pig has estrogen in them, um, but it's all of our animal food or animal what we would consider animal fat that we're eating, meat that we're eating, uh, kind of have estrogen in it. No doubt. And look, it's just not estrogen alone. It's also compound, a core factor of estrogen. Estrogen alone does not work. No hormone work alone, but they are compounded that really work in synergy with estrogen. So most of the estrogenic compounds are found actually in animal fat that live in this environment. So whatever chemical, plasticizer, pesticide, or petroleum-based chemical that mimic estrogen, if they damage you, they damage the animal. They eat them too, you know, and they bound pesticides that do bound to the grass and grain, mostly grain, 
that are fed, that animal are fed, uh, cage lot animal are fed, so there's no way around it. But on the top of all, uh, much of the meat that we eat is coming from cows, female cows. Um, there is a reason why female cows are more predominantly in our food chain because they can, after they cease giving milk, they're going for butchery. Uh, beside the cruelty involved, that uh, listen, I'm, I'm, I do not eat meat. Mm-hmm. I stopped eating meat uh, about close to 20 years ago, but mostly because of humanitarian reason. But I can tell you that humans are not hunter-gatherers. They are more gatherers than hunters. All are essential nutrients, virtually all of them. We can live very well on plant alone. food. There is no way we can meet, live on animal flesh alone. And those societies who live on animal flesh, if you want to raise the Eskimos or whatever, they don't live long. I'm not trying to say something about bad about Eskimos, they're great people, but I, but those who live on the flesh, on the blubber, do not live long. Many authors, including, I believe, Dr. Watt, tried to bring the in units as the epitome of health. Wrong. It's a lie. They're not the epitome of health at all. And um, so I'm saying um, we live in a world that is full of estrogenic compounds and um, if you're smart you really want to protect yourself from that and there are ways to protect yourself mm-hmm. and, uh, you know s- selection of food is one thing that means just avoid stuff that you know that can raise overraise estrogen because estrogen is not just exercise, it's not just bad for women it's bad for men too it, Feminized men, it can cause prostate cancer. It's age you fast, and it take away your testosterone. Yeah, um, getting into that, actually, give us because because when we throw in these terms around with estrogen and xenoestrogens, a lot of people kind of connotate estrogen with hormones. We know about that, but what are these uh, xenoestrogens, and how do they actually get into the body? Xenoestrogen are chemicals that either mimic estrogen directly, but most of them not necessarily do it this way. Some of them work as aromatase um, promoters. That means they trigger conversion. They trigger the body to produce more of the enzymes that convert the testosterone to estrogen. You understand? They just basically contribute to a biological process that if it was natural, it was okay, but they take it out of balance. They promote an enzyme that converts the testosterone to estrogen in female and males, in men and women. Uh, so xenoestrogens are chemicals that are largely derived from the petroleum industry. Um, many of them are byproduct of plastics, derivatives, detergents. You can find them in numerous household cleaning products, shampoos, soaps, and emulsifiers. And many of them are 
have names that you you never read on the label because you know you know if you, you well you buy a soap you see all these names. Who cares? You know you don't know. Uh, but they also added to soy product like soy lecithin. They added to as a processing aids to many processed foods. Um, there is no end to that. Many of them are industrial, um, agricultural byproduct, and the research and I think I show you some of the book is just staggering. It's frightening. You can see how pesticides, for instance, uh, for basically cause almost extinction of species. Correct, almost chemical castration of male species. It caused deformation on the bodies. Hey, we are not excluded from this world. So whatever that happened to birds or fish can happen to us. It's already happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Let, let alone soy itself. Soy is one... You know, soy itself... Is, my opinion is not a bad thing. Uh, soybean by himself have been eaten throughout the centuries, but the way soy today turned to be a GMO food. The vast majority, if not all of it, is GMO. And the processing itself boosts compounds in soy. Um, basically, isoestrogen in soy that devastate humans. Devastated human. I showed the research on that. So yes, so the soy industry try or soy manufacturer always try to show how healthy it is, but in fact, the soy that we eat today, the processed soy, is extremely dangerous. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you about, Ori, is um, there seems to be a lot of women having um, fertility issues. Like they're just not, for some odd reason, able to have babies. I remember, you know, 30 years ago, this, this was just not common. And now it just seems like every, just a a lot of women, the younger women out there are having fertility issues, especially when they get into their thirties. Could it be that we are taking in too too many uh, there? Actually women are taking in too many of these, you know, estrogens and it's it's affecting their fertility. I believe that it caused hormonal imbalance that really, really affected. I think I wrote about him, but not just women, men too. Yeah. Men losing their sperm count and testosterone in a staggering. We are far away from our ancestor. It doesn't mean though, that it's you personal. I'm saying this generation, people can prevent it. So, yes, I do believe that you said it right. The loss of hormonal balance can cause loss of fertility. Uh, when your body freaks out and um, progesterone go down and estrogen go to staggering um, rates, um, fertility go down too. I mean, the body is simply not ready. Um, think about it this way. Nature do not, rather not have a sick person bring babies. Not just a sick person on the time of stress or life danger. This is the wrong time to bring babies. So take a woman, for instance, could be a very healthy woman, put her under extreme physical hardship, 
okay, training six hours a day. You know, this woman will become lean. This woman will lose her period. She won't be able to bring baby. That doesn't mean she's unhealthy. It's just nature do not, when, when the body gets a signal of a war or fight or, or prolonged fight or flight activity, this is the wrong time to bring babies. And um, when the body gets these chemicals inside that mess with the hormones, it gets the signal, this is the wrong time to bring babies. Maybe it's, maybe these, there are other reasons. Babies can be born. They, I, think, I think there's a great book, it's called The Stolen Future. I use it in some of my research. It clearly shows the correlation between hormonal disrupting chemical and brain neurotransmitter disrupting chemicals and the high susceptibility to birth deformations, and autism, ADD. So maybe there is a trade-off here. Maybe it's a protective mechanism of nature in general to desperately prevent father damage that we already suffering. Hmm. Think about it. But I yeah. agree with you. I do believe that yes, this chemical absolutely yeah, already caused extinction of other species. Yeah, you just don't see the things that we're undergoing now. You didn't see these things like 20, 20 30 years ago. It just seems like now you, well, you're take, seeing take more. Take a look more. around you. Take a look around you. You're so right. I mean, the world is changing and become more and more processed and GMO than ever. I mentioned it before. Why is our fruit losing all the fruits, the seeds? Why did they remove the seed from the grapes and the seed from the watermelon? These are full of nutrients. They balance what we had. Why are they GMOing everything? They don't care. They don't even know. I don't think that people that do it even know for themselves what they do. It's a chain reaction of fools that feed us now. And we are trying to grasp now and to see not what's best for us, but what's less damaging. I created my company, Defense Nutrition, not only to bring the knowledge, but also show solution. Maybe I'm not the best, but I'm in a desperate attempt to produce product that could be perfect. I do believe that people should search for perfection. There are good people around. Not many, but there are. And you can find good farmers, maybe in your area, that still grow the old-fashioned way. That the fruit and vegetable may not look pretty, but they are great. That's the way. Nothing's supposed to look pretty when it's coming to prime of food. But it's great. And again, there is plenty of information what is primal and what is not. It's very important. So when you decided to go down away from the junk food, from the fast food, you really want to do the next step of really going primal. Try to select the stuff that really fit your system. Stay away from chemicals. Sugar, of course, should be our refined sugar, fructose, sugar alcohol, glycerin, 
uh, artificial sweetener of all kind. Stay away from that. Anything isolate, stay away from it. We never vote for that. Yeah, I wanted to. Yes. I just wanted to ask you about um, the alcohol and how does that does that actually contribute to, in some way, to um, helping the estrogen to maybe I guess I would say take over the body or, or or I think that look alcohol by itself is not a bad thing mm-hmm. in fact alcohol in a small amount could be very beneficial every study shows that but alcohol has to come in a certain way like good red wine a glass of wine a day would be extremely beneficial has been proven since Bible time great carry of nutrient like, like resveratrol which is a longevity promoting compound uh, I'm not talking about antioxidant alcohol itself promotes stress response uh, putting a shot of alcohol or a glass of red wine affects your body almost like exercise it activates stress response compound like AMPK the same the same pathway that you activate when you fast or exercise. It's interesting. And so is vinegar. And so is certain spices. So alcohol by itself is not a culprit, but when you abuse yourself with other chemicals or with sugar, stay away from alcohol. Alcohol becomes extremely deterrent, dangerous. So food combination is very, very important. Sugar is a dominating factor. Sugar should dictate everything that you eat. If you have something with sugar, okay, if you do, you cannot have grain or alcohol at the same time. Sugar and alcohol is a terrible match. And so is sugar and fat. Terrible match would never work. All ice cream cookies and stuff, they're done with massive amount of massive amount of sugar and fat are deterrent, detrimental. However, if it's a small amount, Let's say that you have a few grapes and you have a glass of wine or two pieces of chocolate, I don't know, and nothing bad will happen to you. It's the overall picture. Just don't go over the board, binge on sweets and drink alcohol. It will absolutely screw you up. Mm-hmm. Mess with the whole system. So I believe that red wine is good if you want to have a plain shot of vodka once in a while. It's okay. But don't binge drink, because alcohol will mess your liver and start to promote, ex- again, excess activity of the aromatase enzyme that convert the testosterone to estrogen. It is very well known, for instance, that beer drinkers are estrogenic. The beer belly as a result of excess estrogen. Extremely dangerous, unappealing visually, dangerous, and unhealthy and life-shortening. Let, let me cut you off there and ask you this real quick, because I always knew that about beer, but um, I'm here in South Florida, and we have access to the beach mainly nine or ten months out of the year. You can probably go to the beach at any time because it's always warm here. And one thing that you'll notice is that you have these gentlemen who uh, have the beer bellies, and you call them beer bellies, but some of these men might not even be drinking beer. Is that belly a byproduct of these estrogenic chemicals with, without the beer. If someone who has a belly that doesn't really indulge in beer but I'm has glad that, you asked me that. The answer is yes and yes and yes. It doesn't matter how you call it. 
it definitely a result of excess estrogen because even if you didn't have the belly fat does produce excess estrogen. Estrogen is produced in this kind of fat tissues. And it's interesting because when you lose weight or you do things right, when you stress your body based on the stress principle, when you stress your body properly, such as fasting and exercise, methodically intermittent fasting and exercise, you, or exercise while fasting methodically, you trigger such a powerful stress response, the body starts to produce this awesome compound that start to convert the belly fat, the stubborn belly fat cell into fat storing cell into fat burning cell. This is an amazing phenomenon. This compound for one of them is called PGC1-alpha. PGC1-alpha not only converts, it's a stubborn fat burner, not only past the belly fat, okay? It converts fat storage to fat burning cell. It also increases mitochondria biogenesis in your muscles, so you actually burn even more energy. You increase your capacity to burn energy. And it involves in the activation of special gene, PPAR-alpha. These are genes that force your body to burn fat rather than store. It, you, you basically change the whole gene apparatus by doing something so simple. Putting your body under combined stress, nutrition and physical, combined fasting and exercise methodically, and you're going to do the miracle body transformation. And guess what? Estrogen goes down. And there are certain kind of compounding plants that mimic what I just said. I came, I believe I came with this about a couple of years ago. We call them SAF, stress-activated food. You can see it on defensenutrition.com. Mm-hmm. SAF, these are food compounds that are very primal. There's evidence that some of them were part of the early human diet, but no longer. We don't longer eat bark of plant, bark of trees, and, and peats, and peels that we saw away, but these contain major anti-estrogenic compound, major life-extending compound, which we evolved to live and be protected with, and we don't receive them anymore. So the reason I'm telling you, because all these commands from resveratrol or berberine, for instance, they are estrogen killers. They are estrogen inhibitors. They don't kill estrogen. They inhibit the aromatase. They inhibit production of estrogen. So they help you balance estrogen in the body. Now, when you combine the right lifestyle, fasting, intermittent fasting, and exercise, and stuff, stress-activated food compounds like resveratrol, berberine, salicine, curcumin, green tea polyphenols, and cocoa polyphenols, you put your body back in this primal, awesome state it was supposed to be. Now you declare war on estrogen, and you have the means to fight it. It, it seems as though this is more it, it, it's affecting men but it also affects women a great deal more because women seem to uh, because of these xenoestrogens that they're maybe using they're in shampoo they're in 
all kind of different things. They're in our food. They're in our environment. But when you look at a lot of women, a lot of the women are overweight. Is it fair to say that um, or suffering from obesity? Women seem to be packing on the pounds um, a lot more in our society. But is it fair to say that these xenoestrogens or estrogens affect the women more so because they already have estrogen within the body? I believe that your instinctual question is correct. Uh, women have more estrogen receptors. So yes. the space of organ sensitive to estrogen is larger from the ovary to endometrial, the endometrium and um, the mammary gland. And that's usually when women get cancer. So yes, and women generally are more estrogenic. They generally have a larger percentage of body. That's part of being feminine. But that said, women could be as healthy and as lean as men, and maybe even more so. Generally, mean uh, women actually live statistically more than men. Nature likes to spare the female more than the male. There is a lot of research about men killing, male killing uh, factor in nature. And my, my opinion is, regardless, whether you are male or female, you need to be smart enough. I, I, I believe that in my new book, I will prove that you can double your lifespan, maybe even more so. Hmm. I believe that you can do amazing stuff so that you should be 80 years old and have a body of a 40 or 35 years old in many ways, male and female. I, it sounds crazy, but I do believe, and I'm, I'm proving it. I'll try to prove it at least. Yeah. Um, taking this so, a step so further. Yes, to your question, no, yes, females are more prone to, more sensitive to estrogen. Mm -hmm. But they can do a lot to protect themselves. There is no reason for them to get estrogen-related cancer. Yeah. So taking this a step further, Ori, um, is it a telltale sign? Because I know that even when we talk about progesterone, um, and when a woman is low in progesterone, is that a telltale sign that they might be high in estrogen? And for men, I know that men need progesterone too. Yes. But is that could that be a telltale sign that estrogen is just way, way too high? I believe that women are very low in progesterone, which uh, typically is the reason why they become suffer from excess estrogen. One of the primary primary reason why they suffer excess estrogen after menopause. Yeah. Uh, they should be concerned because progesterone does balance estrogen. So estrogen creation is one. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they produce more estrogen. Sometimes they are low of progesterone for other reason. But mm -hmm. in general, progesterone is critically important for the balancing of estrogen. The loss of progesterone can be fatal. And the same with testosterone. The loss of testosterone can be fatal to excess estrogen in this case for men. So um, uh, I agree with you that this should be a sign of concern. Mm -hmm. and, and especially for women who tend to lose progesterone, when you look at statistics, they tend to lose progesterone. 
I think I think uh, again it all has to do with the diet. But you know when the problems start early on, when girls actually exposed to estrogenic elements and reach puberty too early, that's already a, a, a bad sign. Hmm. Yeah, that tends to happen a lot too. Yeah, because those who reach puberty early, too early, also reach menopause too early, and their chances, I hate to say it, for longevity is 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 lower than otherwise. Right. Um, I got maybe ten minutes. I know normally don't keep anyone over an hour, but. In that 10 minutes, I wanted to kind of maybe get to some solutions. What can we do? You mentioned selecting better food. Um, I would say that means going organic and just being more more conscious, a little bit more smarter about what you're selecting, you know, no GMOs, things of that nature. But are there some certain foods that we can eat that might help us kind of combat the, the excess estrogen? Yes, absolutely. Um, in my book, I mention a list of food that could help you, but let me just show you something to make things more simple. Look, mm-hmm. you lose weight, your chances to suffer from estrogen-related problems diminish by 90%. The process of weight loss, fat loss itself, is anti-estrogenic. Estrogen is a fat storing hormone, and vice versa. Fat promotes estrogen. It's a vicious cycle. Losing fat is cutting smack to the center of this vicious cycle. So any diet that helps you lose excess fat is a solution. To make things simple, I would say like this. The biggest culprit beside chemicals are refined sugar and flour, or combination of them and fat. This just doesn't work, never will, always promote fat gain. If you can train your body to live well without the white flour and without the refined sugar, just stay on the lower food chain. Beans, vegetable, fruits, Sprouts. For fuel, you need to do the right food combination. So ideally, the prime of food of nuts and seeds, raw nuts and seeds, is ideal. We evolve for that. We do extremely well. They also support our hormonal system. Organic almonds or pumpkin seeds and sunflower seeds or the butter. Hey, peanuts are great. I know they are legumes. Get good organic peanuts or peanut butter. There's nothing wrong with peanut. You know that peanuts have more resveratrol, this anti-estrogenic compound that I talked about, life extending, than grapes and wine, five, ten times more, pound for pound. Nothing wrong with peanuts. Yes, some people are allergic to it, but it's a great food. So go down on the lower food chain. Avoid the grain if you can. Minimize the grain. Oats and barley are okay. Wheat, stay away. Don't take the chance. Follow the right food combination. Protein and vegetable combined with everything. Sugar, 
can only combine with protein. So don't combine healthy nuts with healthy fruits. It's not going to work. Fat do not combine with sugar of all kinds. Choose your day. If you want to finish with nuts, don't have fruits. If you want to finish with fruits, don't have nuts. It's all on Defense Nutrition website. I show all the food combination. It's years of research and self and experience and thousands and thousands of people who live by the diet, the warrior diet or the anti-estrogenic diet. Yeah. The right food combination and the right choice, even if it's not organic, will work for you. And also dairy. Grass-fed dairy is great. It has anti-estrogenic compound in the fat itself, CLA, conjugated lilonenic acid, extremely anti-estrogenic. Very beneficial. Grass-fed whey protein. Very good. Yeah. Stay away again from all artificial stuff and sugar. Don't worry about the calorie right now because that can be very misleading. Yeah. Artificial sweeteners have no calorie, but they mess up with your system. They give your body the wrong signal to get to be obese. They disrupt your gut microbiota, which lead me to the, I believe, the, almost the final subject. Yes, gut microbiota. You need good probiotics. There is only one or two good. The rest of them stay away from them. They are modern. They don't work. They're counter-effective. So maybe you're going to hear first time, the good one is bifidobacteria. Bifidobacteria is a primal probiotic that appears in all mammalian breast milk, from goat to milk to tigers and horses and humans. That what protects the newborn from infection disease, allow you to grow, and keep you growing in a healthy way in a healthy hormonal balance. You know that we have about 100 times more DNA for microorganisms in our body than our own DNA. And this is a fact. And they affect every metabolic direction or event in our body. Primarily, I think the most important one are the gut microorganisms. They're really not only responsible for digestion and elimination. They play a critical role in the regulation of nutrients assimilation, production even of your own vitamin, some critical vitamins like niacin, can be produced by your own gut probiotics. So you really want to have, so the two good probiotics are bifidobacterium and acidophilus. Rest of them are necessary. Bifidobacterium is the key. Um, I'm not trying to promote anything, but we do have a probiotics that is based on that. And do your own research. You can see for yourself. Yeah. Why did I mention it? Because many of these chemicals disrupt your defenses, your gut defenses. This microorganism can still help you a lot. You cannot allow them to be destroyed. When women or men, women especially, are so prone to get yeast infection, Yeast infection absolutely leave you prone to everything bad that we just discussed. So you really want to defend all your inside and outside from being vulnerable to forces that you cannot control. Good diet, good food combination. Make sure 
if you are overweight that you lose weight. I mean, you yourself experience it. You know how it feels. Yes. But, mm-hmm. you know, after six to eight weeks, the body starts to get used to the new eating habit. It starts to be registered in your brain. There's a certain area in the amygdala, deep in the brain, that the body can register. Feeding, good feeding behavior, like it can register bad feeding behavior. So give yourself the time. It's like physical training. It's like learning a professional skill, a business. Give your body the chance to get used to the right feeding habit. Make it your second habit. Uh, last question for you, and I know that you took an, an interesting position on in a book on fat, and not just not we're not talking about obesity, but uh, putting fat in the diet. What's the importance of putting fat in the diet when it comes to these um, estrogen uh, extra, estrogenic compounds? I personally a big believer in fat-rich food, but then again, I was also living a uh, large time on a period that uh, of a low-fat diet when my food came uh, mostly from fruits simply because of inaccess to fat-rich food. But yes, I do believe that fat-rich food, nothing see, that's what I'm talking about, um, and whole dairy are extremely beneficial for humans. We evolved to support our monosystem with this food. Most nuts and seeds are anti-estrogenic by nature. In fact, they are testosterone or progesterone promoting by nature. There is plenty of research to show that plant sterile could benefit you in many, more than just one way. Uh, Good fats can actually help lower um, blood lipids and lower cholesterol and help your body take control of its own metabolism. But there is one more phenomenon. Bear with me. Check this. When you look of every possible good event that happened in the body, it generally, when the body transforms itself to lose weight, get leaner and healthier, and even live, live longer, there is one unique metabolic shift that happened. The shift from carb to fat fuel. Every living organism, especially animals, Every study shows that the shift from carb to fat fuel is extremely associated with thriving, with better metabolism, with better chance to regulate healthy metabolism. That shift, if it didn't happen to you, you want it to happen to you. So I'm not saying stay away from foods or any carb. No, quite the opposite. But when you eat fat, if you combine it right, if you don't combine nuts and seeds with starch or sugar, they will benefit you tremendously in spite of the high calories. In fact, if you live on a good protein, lots of vegetable and nuts, like raw almonds, for instance, for dessert, you can have a very high-calorie meal and still lean down the day after. It also promotes, it's also good for ketogenic effect which by itself is beneficial without coming to it now. The shift from 
regular fuel, glucose fuel, into a ketogenic fuel, which is a byproduct of fat metabolism, is extremely beneficial for your brain. It has neuroprotective properties. And I do believe that we evolved to live this way, yes. In the past, most of the day, people had no access to food. They were in fasting stage. The body shifted immediately to fat fueling from carb fueling. Glycogen was empty. And where glycogen empties, your glycogen reserve empty, miraculous thing happened to your body. You start to produce proteins that promote survival and longevity. No joke. Recent studies have shown that when your glycogen is empty, it signals your body to, to regenerate new stem cells that would otherwise remain dormant. You can keep your brain and body young with the right fuel shift. So, yes, I do believe in fat fuel fuel as long as it's primal, whole, fresh, and raw and coming from plant mostly. Gotcha. Yeah, I wanted to ask you that just simply to kind of clear that up. And uh, again, um, I have to have you back and we'll talk a little bit about that a warrior diet and the fasting and how beneficial that is. I've been doing that for a number of years and I've noticed a lot of good benefits and kind of want to pick your brain a little bit and share that with the audience. So um, hopefully I'll reach out to you in another couple of months and have you back on for the warrior diet. But um, I really enjoyed speaking with you, Ori. You have a lot of knowledge and hopefully the audience um, who will be listening to this, if you're listening live or be downloading uh, it as well, uh, you can kind of plug into Ori's knowledge and and learn some things. But um, your book is located on Amazon. Anti-estrogen uh, the warrior diet. diet and the anti-estrogen diet available at Amazon.com or DefenseNutrition.com. Yeah, that's going to, I was going to ask you about your website, DefenseNutrition.com. And for the audience out there, I will put that in the show notes because I didn't, so I have to go back in and edit it and put in the show notes for his uh, website. But Ori, thank you so much for being on, and I'll reach out again and have you back on, and we'll talk a little bit My about My pleasure. I enjoyed the conversation with you. Thank you. All right. Thank, thank you, Ori. Have a, have a great evening. All right. Good show there. You probably have to listen to that maybe a couple of times over just to, to kind of absorb all the knowledge in there. But really, really great show. And um, if you're interested in knowing a little bit more about uh, xenoestrogens and estrogens and how they're affecting us in our environment, one thing, again, I would advise you to do or suggest you do. No one likes to be advised to do anything. Suggest that you do is go on Google and maybe Vimeo and just Google the disappearing male Vimeo and it'll come up and you can watch that for free on your laptop or stream it to your TV. And then also just listen to this show, uh, get always read it, read it, get that knowledge. Wednesday, we will be on with uh, the 21 day detox. We'll be talking a little bit about detox. Um, I can't remember the person's name <laughs> right now. But again, join me Wednesday, same fat time, same fat channel. Thank you for listening. Peace and love, y'all. Good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.